Hello listeners welcome to another great podcast session I'm Shivani Muthiala The most common tech trends that are booming in the market these days are artificial intelligence and deep tech right they have been taking over all the industries rapidly whether it be manufacturing or logistics or healthcare education and also the dairy supply chain it's amazing right Let's see how digitalization has accelerated the growth of dairy supply chain and livestock in the words of Ranjit Mukandan who is the CEO and co-founder of Stell Labs which is the India's leading dairy tech startup company. So why late let's welcome our speaker for the day. Hi Ranjit how are you doing? I'm doing very good. Uh, thank you Shivani for thank you for having me on your podcast. Pleasure to have you here on Analytics Insight podcast. So uh, first of all could you tell our listeners what Stellabs is all about Yeah so Stellabs is about you know using uh, technology all that you mentioned uh, things like AI uh, deep tech uh, analytics cloud IoT using using a bunch of uh, you know technology as enablers to help improve the productivity quality and traceability of the dairy uh, supply chain Uh, so we focus at this point only on dairy and its end to end pre harvest and post harvest uh, using all of the tech uh, as an enabler to help shift this rather old fashioned agri industry into the next orbit so that's essentially what stellap is all about wonderful and uh, uh, what are the company specializations and services that it is actually offering to its clients Yeah so we offer you know three things to our customer base one is uh the dairy farmers uh, who uh, you know who are the core of this entire dairy supply chain with their cattle and all of that we provide agri inputs and services to the dairy farmers in a retail fashion so the agri inputs include things like cat nutrition and soil inputs and financial services fintech insurtech and all of that so that these uh, dairy farmers who are at the heart of this entire you know supply chain can get access to uh, a, a well organized professional consistent agri inputs and services um, using you know a data and uh, a tech to help ensure that they get the right in inputs at the right uh, you know point in time they get the right services at the right you know point in time so that is one part the second part is you know market linkages you know if there are fmcg companies out there who want to sell antibiotic free milk want to sell milk or value added products like paneer and other products um completely in their brand but are looking for a backward integrated partner so we offer the tech stack bundled with our operations so that you know consumers like you and i can get differentiated uh, paneer differentiated milk in the market it could be you know antibiotic free milk it could be milk that's highly traceable down to the last animal it could be milk that is rich in omega 3 fatty acids so that we are all healthy and nutritious have nutritious access nutritious uh, dairy products so on and so forth so that's the second part the third part all of these is powered by our you know digital highway uh using a combination of ai data um cloud analytics and all of that uh we use that to power this entire supply chain including the agri inputs and the market linkages 
And if there are dairy processors who want who are wanting to digitize their supply chain, can directly uh, you know license our technology stack from us, and we could help them deploy it end to end as a system integrator. So this is the three parts to our business. Obviously, all of them work together; they're all interconnected. But just putting things in perspective for you. That sounded quite interesting. And, uh, you know, we are now excited to know how the company is facilitating digitalization in the dairy supply chain, you know, using new uh, tech innovations. So could you tell us more about that? Yeah. So we, uh, you know, in India, the dairy industry is highly fragmented, right? There are 300 million cattle, 80 to 90 million dairy farming families, you know, producing, you know, 560 million liters of milk on a daily basis. All of this combined together, pre-harvest and post-harvest, comes to about 7.6% of our GDP. Since it's high, these are all smallholder farmers. These are not very rich farmers with large, large land holding. These are not farmers with 100, 200 animals. These are farmers with two to three animals. So Indian dairy predominantly follows an aggregation model where the farmers walk into a collection center. At the collection center, you do the first point of aggregation where you aggregate about 100, 200 liters of milk. And then the milk is then carried to a cold chain center, typically called as a BMC center or a chilling center, because milk, as you, you can imagine, is the most perishable crop out there. So it needs to be chilled quite quickly. So that's the second point of aggregation. And then finally, it moves to a processing plant where it gets packaged um, and then sold as, a, you, know, a, you know, packaged milk or paneer or all of it. And 1.3 billion people consume it every single day in one form or the other. Now, along the supply chain, we use tech components such as on the, on the farm side, we have an animal wearable that's like a Fitbit for the cows. It helps you monitor all of the animal characteristics. It helps you in you know, preventive healthcare. It helps you in you know, peak estrus detection and breeding optimization. It helps you in um, you know, general animal upkeep. It helps you in, um, in adjusting and uh, monitoring the various vaccination protocols and in all of it. Um, so that's one piece. The second piece is the we also use tech like uh, facial recognition of animals, so that using a simple you know Android phone, you could uniquely identify animals uh, using their you know various facial and body and muzzle prints, so that you you don't depend on you don't have a dependency on an external hardware like ear tag to identify them. And this mechanism helps in the financial industry and insurance industry you know, underwrite risk better because it doesn't lend itself to ID manipulation like the traditional identification mechanisms. And then there are other mechanisms like the herd management application, which is used to Uberize village level you know, technicians who intervene at these uh, farms. I mean, this could be people like the paravets, uh, veterinary staff, um, veterinary doctors, are uh, the artificial insemination technicians, farm intervention technicians. Uh, right now, without our platform, herd management platform called Muon, uh, they would you know do very simple brick and mortar interventions. But with our platform, they can do more data-led and tech-led interventions at these farms. And that's at the farm. At the collection center, we have our IoT platform that helps you in grading and pricing the milk that literally converts milk into currency in real time. So that uh, when farmers walk in with a with a pail of milk, they you know walk back with a tingle of currency in their account. So it's literally real time. You could do that, but of course we give various flexibility for the dairy process to pay them after five days, ten days, depending on the working capital cycle. And then there's cold chain. As I mentioned, milk is probably the most perishable crop out there. 
uh, right? And in India, we burn about 2 billion kilowatt hours of energy in chilling milk, out of which probably half a billion is a diesel. So it's very critical from a carbon footprint optimization point of view that it's we chill in a very optimal manner, energy optimal manner. And more importantly, we, we ensure that the cold chain protocols for milk is followed. Because if you're trying to convert this milk into a baby infant formula or a UHT milk or a Kanozwa grade cheese, uh, the cold chain better be really good, right? So we help, you know, ensure that the milk is not un under chilled, not over chilled. It's perfectly managed from a cold chain perspective. Uh, and then we have an end-to-end -end ERP that uses all these data pools that you know come out, all the analytics that come out uh, is blended to one common workflows, so that the right stakeholders get the right alert at the right time. So these are some of the uh, the uh, deep tech interventions that we do across the uh, supply chain, uh, Shivani. Wonderful, and uh, you know it seems like Stellabs is a you know tech-based company, right? So how is it actually leveraging the new tech trends? You know, especially the artificial intelligence and big data analytics. Yeah. So for us, AI and big data are you know tools that touch almost everything that we do. It's a quite a massive supply chain, highly fragmented. Thanks to our IoT approach, we get huge amount of data. We have data hooks, as I mentioned, at the farm, collection center, chilling center, and the plant. Using these data hooks, we get really, really rich data. And we use uh, the data coming to, into our cloud and our applications, um, uh, we, uh, blend it into various AI applications. For example, facial recognition of animals. So we use image processing and AI algorithms to uniquely identify animals based on their facial attributes and body attributes. Preventive healthcare for animals. Obviously, a veterinary doctor cannot go to the farm every single day and take care of the animals. Right? It's going to be too expensive. So we use um, the AI algorithms on the cloud as a reasonable substitute for lack of expertise in premise. So preventive healthcare algorithms tell you when an animal is going to fall sick, why is it sick? If you can actually catch sickness at a subclinical level, you can actually ensure that the animals are hale and healthy without too much, too many expensive healthcare interventions. Um, so these are some examples on the farm side. Similarly, we get a lot of data about the farmer's assets, which, which are cows and the farmer's cash flow. How do you use these uh, data streams to help underwrite credit risk better? So that the farmers get access to organized credit very quickly. So we have algorithms that you know help assess the farm farmers' credit scores based on all the alternate data data sources that we have access to, like the animal data, livestock data, agri input data, cash flow data, farmer psychometrics, and then use this data to arrive at okay, this farmer can actually afford a thirty thousand rupee loan, and he's most likely going to repay uh, repay that uh, loan. Right. So other than livestock analytics, we do uh, in analytics from a, a financial standpoint as well, financial assessment standpoint. And then there's cold chain, uh, because again, these are remote villages. You can't have um, someone overseeing these cold chains 24 bar 7. Uh, right. This is going to be too expensive. So how do you ensure that the software tr uh, uh, triggers the right alerts you know, for under chilling, over chilling, uh, inappropriate use of energy and all of that? So again, all the data that we get, uh, we use AI algorithms to assess, you know, when to alert the right personnel from an under-chilling, over-chilling, or other protocol on adherence perspective, or from an energy optimization perspective, or any other coaching and related protocol issues. 
So on the cold chain perspective, we use uh, you know AI algorithms. We use AI algorithms on the farm side from an animal and livestock management perspective, and we use um, data and AI from a credit score uh, you know assessment perspective. So these are some of the areas where we predominantly use. But for us, it's a uh, you know day-to-day -day affair to use AI and big data because without that. You can't be solving this problem at scale, um, especially given that it's highly fragmented. It's a very price sensitive market and we can't deploy operational hands and feet. We just need you know, software and you know, big data to help us solve this problem at scale. Happy to know how the company is enhancing these new tech trends you know, for its operations. So uh, now, how do you think AI-based startups are changing the face of agriculture industry, especially considering the Indian scenario by simplifying the value chain process and also imparting the transparency? So what is your take on this? Yeah, so I think every uh, you know, startup uh, who are playing in this agri-space, it could be the fruits and vegetables space, pulses space it could be the dairy space i think it's inevitable that they will touch you know data and ai in some form or the other simply because there's no other alternative to be able to solve this problem in a compelling way because unlike an urban use case where uh, you know the affordability is higher where there is more concentration of this various stakeholders in the supply chain the rural and agri facing use cases are highly fragmented highly widespread and the only and it's very price sensitive too and the only way in which uh, and you can't apply brute force you know operational uh, you know effort alone you need high optimizations whatever little operational intensity you apply need needs to be highly optimized uh, you can't possibly be for example running behind every animal every plant or every fruit and vegetable monitoring it manually but you need continuous assessment if dynamic traceability is to be implemented Similarly, there are a lot of workflows and it's highly fragmented, multiple hops in the supply chain. The only way to ensure that there is supply chain integrity is with a data and you know, AI. Only way to ensure quality in the supply chain is by, you know, by espousing appropriate grading and pricing tools. Only way the yield on the farm side can go up is by espousing the right AI and big data analysis. Uh, big, big data tools that exist. So in my opinion, um, though a lot of startups uh, get started with trade and commerce as a starting point, but to make the trade and commerce run very effectively with uh, you know efficiencies in the supply chain kicking in by way of yield improvement, uh, by way of ensuring the supply chain integrity is not lost, by way of ensuring that the cold chains are appropriately maintained, it's quite inevitable, though the starting point might be commerce, that they have to sort of espouse a lot of these AI big data technologies to make sure that they're able to run their businesses very profitably. Absolutely. And uh, is digitalization of dairy practices you know, emerging as a major disruptor in the labor-intensive industry or not? What would you say in this particular context? Yeah, and absolutely. In fact, labor is a really big problem in rural areas uh, you know, today uh, because uh, most people, um, able-bodied personnel, they tend to leave villages for greener, greener pastures in the urban you know, cities. Right, they're either doing you know driving cabs in the urban centers or doing some of the work. So who are left back? It's not like you have easy and cheap access to manpower in these villages. And there are several villages that we go that are only you know, slightly older people are. So what we try to do is we ensure that a majority of the supply chain can be run in a highly automated uh, you know manner. So with minimal manpower, you can run the uh, 
run the supply chain you know, efficiently. That's number one. And number two, we can't afford to deploy manpower even if we had access to it only because the costs would go up. So it has to be highly efficient. It has to be highly data, app, and tech driven so that one person can manage multiple points of presence in the supply chain. So that with fewer hands and feet, you're able to efficiently manage a large you know, supply chain. So one, the first point I mentioned is a shortfall of you know, competent and able-bodied labor. Uh, and hence, uh, we need to ensure that there is sufficient tech to ensure that with whoever is left back, they can run the supply chain. And number two, uh, it, it becomes um, uh, inevitable to make sure the efficiencies kick in. And finally, the one that probably didn't mention is that even at the villages, to sort of ensure that the farmers, you know, uh, you know, are on an entrepreneurial trajectory, wherein they, you know, would want to progress from a smallholder, um, you know, farmer to an agripreneur type of an orbit, even they will need good tech and support so that they feel quite inspired that they can actually run an operation at scale. They they can actually move from a farm, farmer orbit to a small MSME orbit. So that uh, you know they reap the benefits of scale at, at, as well. So I think for these three reasons, I think tech, big data, AI, and all the tech needs to come uh, into picture to ensure that um, you know the, the supply chains are efficient and the labor uh, you know problems and competence problems and skill problems are mitigated. Very rightly said, Ranjit. And as we also spoke about technology prior, so uh, deep tech is also one of the leading tech trends, you know, right now in the market. So uh, how are deep tech solutions, you know, helping animal health monitoring and also for ensuring the quality produce? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, deep tech is a very, you know, broad term. So we have an hardware design team, an embedded team, cloud data science team, uh, and we touch, you know, uh, it's not simple IT or ICT, which is, you know, simple ERP kind of systems, right? We, you know, design our own hardware, we write our own embedded software. As I mentioned, the animal wearables for a smallholder farmer, which is like a Fitbit for cows, is a completely now designed, um, you know, product, you know, starting from the mechanical, the hardware embedded, and the whole, you know, stack is developed, uh, you know, by us. So uh, that's you know one case in part. The second case, to be able to uniquely identify an animal. So typically in a village, what happens is, if you tend you know try to ear, uh, barcode or QR code an animal with the ear tag, right? It will uh, it will get you know misused because uh, the farmers might keep this tag in the pocket and tag any animal uh, when they're dead and say and claim insurance for it. Um, whereas with facial recognition, using a simple, you know, five megapixel and upward uh, resolution phone, you can uniquely identify an animal. So the images come to the cloud and we run AI algorithms to sort of, uh, you know, identify. Um, so again, uh, these are not pre-existing mechanisms. We have to develop things, uh, you know, grounds up. And all of the IoT parts that I mentioned, grading and pricing, where you're actually literally measuring the milk quality and quantity and converting it into currencies, again, done by a lot of deep tech components that touches the embedded space, that touches sensors, sensor controllers, IoT routers, a whole bunch of you know, cloud frameworks that we had to build you know, grounds up. Because we started developing some of these frameworks uh, you know, eight to 10 years ago when a lot of these frameworks did not pre-exist. Today, some of these frameworks like the IoT event management frameworks are available off the shelf on an Amazon platform, but 
to do, we have to develop these grounds up and we continue to use it and it gives us a lot of flexibility and commercial in upside because it's completely in, in house so beat on the cloud side analytics side iot event management framework side sensor managers sensor controllers iot routers image processing uh, you know big data using you know no sql databases we use you know all of the deep tech that's available there not because uh, you know we, we are quite enamored by it but for us it's a compulsion and it's a need otherwise we can't build out this next generation platform that we're aiming to build up thanks for elaborating on that front ranjit in the same context of technology so uh, how is artificial intelligence enabling the financial inclusion of farmers you know by establishing easy access to the credit or whether it be banking or even the direct be benefit transfers yeah no good question so uh, you know as you know unlike uh, the urban uh, consumers and customers like you and i who have a credit score because we have a credit card we borrow uh, we can borrow we're taken away to loan home loans all of us have probably a you know transunion civil score or one of those scores but majority of the rural segment right um, the farmers who we deal with these are real remote scenarios uh, in a good 50 to 60% are in a new to credit ntc farmers and they do not have their own credit scores right uh, of course the 40% do have 40 50% do have because they have taken some loan from an mfi so they have an mfi score they are part of an sg or you know they have you know some uh, you know mechanism to demonstrate their credit worthiness so what we do is we use you know alternate data data sources uh, we use data sources such as the animal and livestock data we use data sources such as the farmers uh, you know psychometric uh you know analysis if a farmer is more adherent to a specific animal husbandry protocol then we qualify him to be qualify him or her to be a better farmer and then we also use um, the flow data based on the farmer's milk pouring we know how much of uh, you know money is uh, is flowing into his account on an ongoing basis so a combination of these data streams we have developed something called as a moose score which is like an alternate credit score for the dairy farmers and the ai algorithms work on this data stream on an ongoing basis to help us and also combines with a lot of existing third party data sources out there on the internet right it could be weather data it could be environmental data it could be you know satellite imageries of the cropland that the same dairy farmer might have uh, so we are also in the process of combining some of these uh, non direct data sources so that we're able to come up with a composite score and algorithms can tell us you know which farmer you know needs what kind of credit at what point in time and what's the likelihood of he defaulting either because yes because of poor intention or his inability to repay so these are some of the areas like moose score where we actually trying to use um uh, ai to help underwrite risk better that's one second on the insurance side which is very closely related to uh, lending and financial services Uh, because if you give a farmer a cattle loan that cattle also better be insured we are trying to use ai algorithms to better uh, you know underwrite insurance risk uh, using our variables facial recognition all of that we we first make sure that the animal identification is you know foolproof because it's completely image recognition driven we also then completely we ensure that the data stream or the um, uh, animals uh, uh, whether the animal is hale and healthy the animal is live and kicking those data streams come to us automatically 
into an algorithm that helps underwrite insurance better because now you're able to in real time monitor the asset that you're insuring. So both on the insurance and insure tech perspective and fintech perspective, we're using data and various of these you know, data streams to help underwrite the credit risk and insurance risk uh, you know, better. Perfect. I think this particular things are really going to add a lot of value to the farmers, you know, in real time. And uh, as we also spoke about, you know, facial recognition in our before questions and answers. So, uh, you know, it is quite demanding tech right now. So how can cattle, you know, facial recognition boost livestock coverage, according to you? Yeah. So today, you know, one of the problems that is faced by the livestock industry is that the existing identification you know, mechanisms uh, are not foolproof. You know, as I mentioned, if an insurance company subcontracts tagging of the animals, uh, identification of the animals to a third party, you know, local personnel, that local personnel would go you know, collude with the farmer and the farmer would then keep the tag in the pocket. And then any animal dies, he would then tag the animal and claim insurance. And this is sort of a lose-lose situation for all stakeholders because the insurance companies to mitigate such issues would increase their insurance premium or in fact would insist on better IDing mechanisms or more expensive ID mechanisms like subcutaneous RFID, which is also not really food. So when you use things like image recognition using commodity phones that uh, the paravet or the artificial insemination, insemination technician or other outsourced subcontracting personnel uh, would have that the um, insurance company would subcontract to, then it becomes more foolproof because it's easy based on the muzzle print of the cow or the facial patterns or the body patterns and some geotags that we apply, it becomes fairly easy for us to assess whether the um, it's, it's the right animal or not. So when an insurance claim happens, you know that uh, the IDs are not being manipulated and hence it encourages the insurance companies to bring down their insurance premium, number one. Number two, as you know, in India, uh, life itself, human life itself is poorly you know, penetrated from a life insurance point of view. Livestock life insurance is even poorly so penetrated. And then we're now talking about health insurance for livestock. All of this is only possible using things like image recognition and the other concomitant tech enablers like the animal wearables and the herd management system. So as a combination, we can help our smallholder farmer shift the orbit from a very mere standard life insurance for the livestock at a very nominal premium uh, or a competitive premium to also ensure the animals for yield protection, also ensure the animal for health, for things like uh, in India, the animals get health, cows and cattle get health issues like mastitis, um, uh, you know, laminitis of the hoof and other infection. So all of these can be detected at a subclinical level. So farmers, the insurance companies and the financial companies, all of them get uh, in, you know, positively impacted if you deploy such technologies, uh, which helps you ensure that the IDs are not manipulated, which helps you monitor your asset in real time, which helps you, you know, get into a preventive healthcare regime instead of a sickness you know, management regime and also gives you a 360 degree view of the, the, of the livestock management. And hence, I think these can really help all the stakeholders help improve the penetration of these services in the Indian you know, agri and livestock segment. Absolutely. I agree with all your points. You know, very rightly pointed out all the, you know, challenges 
that might incur and you know how facial recognition can actually eliminate all these challenges uh, so lastly like where do you want to see the company maybe uh, down the line five years yeah i mean we have two three aspirational components one is we'd like to you know become the de facto digital proxy for all of dairy in india obviously today we we uh, garner you know 7 to 8% of the market share uh, we'd like to become the de facto uh, player in this segment in the next uh, you know you know 3 to 5 years that's number one so we become the de facto go to digital proxy for anything and everything in dairy uh, you know right including pre harvest and you know post harvest that's one uh, vision that we move towards uh the second is to see if some of these blueprints can be replicated outside india as well because as you know the cattle and milk is pretty much the same you know across the world so can we you know replicate some of this blueprint into other emerging markets um and even even um you know developed markets we had a small subsidiary in france as well so how do you sort of replicate some of this blueprint of course we'll have to adapt it what works in india will not work as is uh, you know abroad but it would have to be adapted but we have aspiration to see some of these blueprints can be taken to other uh, you know countries as well and finally we're also seeing if there are any other adjacent you know crops that we can apply this blueprint to obviously milk is a, you know big enough as i mentioned one third of agriculture in india is dairy 7.6% of you know agriculture uh, of our gdp is dairy it's a 225 billion dollar market three times the size of telecom market in india so it's a big industry and market in itself but that said if we are able to get um, you know good traction um, and also uh, you know have enough capital we would also like to take a stab at seeing if some of what we've done in the dairy industry can also be applied to other adjacent crops so these are some of the three areas that we we are working on in the next you know five to seven year kind of horizon thank you so much uh, ranjit you know optimistically looking forward to see even more innovative solutions coming up from stellabs and as uh, you know dairy tech startups are mandatory in the coming years too so it was pleasure talking to you hope our listeners also have gained lot of valuable insights from this session yeah thank you uh, shivani once again for you know hosting me on your podcast and look forward to having this published and you know a larger audience benefit from whatever little insight i could share thank you so much for your time definitely it was pleasure thank you so much thank you bye have a good day